0: Good. Well, Truth on Fire is, uh, is our theme uh, that we're looking at, this book that I've, we've mentioned a number of times now by Adam Ramsey, Gazing at God Until Your Heart Sings. And uh, just, we've been doing that today. So thank you for Hannah and the team who've just been helping us with that. Um, each week we are praying for a fresh revelation of our God. Not just learning some theological facts uh, about God, but praying for revelation of God, because revelation leads to relationship. That's how Ashley really introduced this series to us. So we're asking the Holy Spirit might ignite a revelation in us that will lead us into relationship with the living God and our witness to the world. We're going to read a great psalm that King David wrote in praise of this God. Psalm 145, a psalm of praise of David. I will extol you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. So that all men, that's mankind, men and women, may know of your mighty acts. The glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises, loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you. You give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to those who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for this glorious description of your nature and your character and your working in the world and in our lives. We ask you again today for a spirit of revelation that we might know you better and that we might be drawn deeper into relationship with you. We ask it in your precious name. Amen. Amen. There are so many great things uh, in those verses, but the one verse I want to highlight particularly today, and we're going to draw on as our theme today, verse 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. Last week we looked at the theological truth that God is other, and we spoke about his transcendence, And the response, the experience of wonder that that revelation will draw from us. As we allow his perfect, self-existing, unchanging glory to penetrate our hearts and our minds. God is other. Today we're going to look at another great theological truth. Which is that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And the experience... Of assurance which flows from that revelation, as we get a revelation of the sovereign work of our God, it reveals something to us, and it assures us after we left uh, Bible College approximately one thousand nine hundred and eighty eight because we didn 't completely leave, we sort of went back a bit, but around about one thousand nine hundred and eighty eight, we went to work for a Baptist church in Parkstone in Poole. I was sort of referred to in those days as the assistant. And basically it meant I did anything and everything, and that was great training. Um, I was involved in all sorts of areas, but particularly involved in the children's work and in the youth work. And we were there for about five years or so. Over the new year of 1993, God would get to really speak to me quite deeply about being totally available to him and to his purposes Cutting a very uh, long story short, it ultimately resulted in us, that, that us being Jackie and I and then our two very young daughters, five and three, leaving what was quite a secure job and a big Baptist manse that we'd been given and moving to a brand new church plant about as far away from the sea as you could get in Swindon. The challenge was that having taken that decision, and it really was a clear decision, we had some challenges. I had no job. We had no house. We had no school place for Lauren, who was our eldest. She was five, coming up six. But we knew God was leading. We knew God was speaking. And so we had to take some faith steps, some quite big faith steps. And as we did, to quote Nehemiah, The sovereign hand of our God was so clearly with us time and time again. So, for example, quite early on, I went to visit a local school in West Swindon. It was one of those places, as soon as I arrived, I knew it was the right place for Lauren. It was quite a small school. It had a wonderful, creative um, pathway to it. Um, It was just ideal, Um, I knew it was the right, and I said to the headmaster, yes, this is where we want her to come. He said, oh, it doesn't work like that in Wiltshire. Uh, You have to apply, and I don't have any spaces. And it was like, oh. So I then uh, actually witnessed to him in a very gentle way, Um, but I, I said to him, I told him the story, God was leading us, and I believed that this was the right school, so I would go away and pray. And he said, and he sort of looked at me and blinked a few times. But um, anyway, we did pray. Three weeks later, we had a phone call to say that a child was leaving that school and Lauren could have the place. Two weeks after that, the school contacted me, and they said, would I consider being a governor of the school? By the way, we hadn't moved. I have not got a house. But would I like to be a governor? The only thing, I'd need to be interviewed by a Wiltshire County Councillor to be accepted. Anyway, after some reflection on my next visit to Swindon, I had my interview. The county councillor said yes, and, and so did I. So I became a governor of Lawrence School before we'd even moved house to Swindon. Next came the work and the finance the leaders, Older Roads Baptist Church, came to me, and after some prayer, they said that they would like to continue to pray, uh, pay for my to pray, yes, but to pay for my salary for the the following six months, in order to enable us to get there, and to go. Also, actually, on the day that we left, they took up quite a substantial offering, as did the little tiny church plant in Swindon. They gave us a gift as well. But after they'd come to me and said that, a few weeks later, again, a whole series of the sovereign hands of God that I haven't got time to share with today, I was offered three different jobs by the Bible Society in West Swindon. Three different jobs, three options. But we still didn't know where we were going to live. Uh, And by then, we literally had a couple of weeks to go before we were due to move. As I said, I was very involved in the youth work, had a great uh, youth, young people's group that I was leading at the time. And so we decided to use it as a bit of a teaching, growing moment. So I told them exactly uh, what we wanted. Ideally, we wanted a three-bedroom house. We didn't mind if it was semi-detached, um, but we had a growing family. We definitely needed an enclosed garden. We had two small girls that we, who were quite lively. We absolutely had to have a garage. We were living in a massive Baptist manse. We had loads of toot, and we were about to downsize to a much smaller house. We needed somewhere to put all our stuff, so we needed a garage. There was money. Obviously, we only had a particular amount of money. I can't remember now, but it was probably only two or £300 um, back then um, that we could afford. Uh, oh, and it had to be in West Swindon, because that's where the church was being planted, Um, That's where the school was, and and this new job was just down the road. Uh, So basically it meant it was an area, an estate called Freshbrook in West Swindon. Anyway, the young people all got round me, they laid hands on me, I can remember it to this day, and they prayed, they named these different things. They specifically named them. One thing I didn't tell them, uh, because I didn't think it would help them, was that I had rung various estate agents and uh, letting agents that week and I had given them also this list Freshbrook and three-bedroom you know etc and oh and the council tax needed do you remember council tax the council tax needed to be of a certain size and so on and they said no chance no way absolutely no way you were going to get that in Freshbrook you won't get it so I'm in faith, receiving these prayers of these young people. They don't know the voice that uh, I've had. Next day, I drove to Swindon. Literally, I was looking for somewhere for us to live. I had one place to quickly look at. A friend had found, but the the council tax was way out of our our comfort zone for sure. And there I was, driving around Freshbrook, West Swindon, and I saw a toilet board Uh, pulled up not quite a screeching halt, but close to it, pulled up and uh, got out and peered in through the front window. Fortunately, it was empty. That was a good start. There was nobody in there. I I couldn't get in. I obviously didn't have a key. So uh, I'm wandering around... And I, th- I decided to walk round the back. It was on the side. It was in a close, so another road went round the back of it. So I walked round the pavement, and there was a nice big high wall. It, was, it had an enclosed garden. So I looked around. I thought, Well, this is Swindon. Nobody will mind. So I climbed the wall, and over, there, well, and into the garden, um, and went up, and literally peered in, and there it was. There was the house. Now, I, I didn't know how much it cost. I didn't know anything about the council tax. I didn't even know if it was available or if someone else, by what I'd heard, someone else um, would have got it. Um, so, um, anyway, I took down the details. Those were not the days for phoning up. And I drove into Swindon that I didn't know very well. This huge town centre. I'm trying to find this letting agent, which I eventually did slightly breathless, because I think it was about half four in the afternoon, walked through the door, and I found this house, and I was, I must have been bonkers, you know, very excited, and this guy's sort of like looking at me. I found this house, it says, number 10, Leslie Close, um, uh, Freshbrook, um, it, it's, it's our house, we want it. And he's like, <laughs> looking at me, he said, you haven't even been inside it. No, no, this is it, I absolutely know this is the house. Um, and he said, well, there would need to be a number of checks. I think he was wondering who this guy was, and I think he could tell by the story. My finances were maybe a bit dodgy. He said, when would you th- be thinking to move? I said, we need to move in a week. <laughs> and he actually laughed. I remember the guy laughed. He said, not a chance. Not, not a chance. Exactly one week later, we moved into number 10, Leslie Close, Freshbrook, West Swindon. One week. The school was just up the road one way. The church plant and the Bible society was just down the road the other way. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. If we can get hold of that, brothers and sisters, if we are able to rest in that, then we can stop pretending that we're in charge. When we take hold by faith, that Jesus Christ is on the throne when we can live with and experience a deep assurance. Even in the midst of the most difficult and sometimes challenging of circumstances. But there's a big question and this is the question. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? See to be sovereign means to be the ultimate in authority. And those five, uh, last five letters are key. Reign. Who is reigning? Who's in charge? As we open the Bible, as we dig into it, uh, Psalm 145, you've just heard it read, we discover that we're in the very, very secure hands of an infinitely sovereign and infinitely good God who is powerfully at work in everything. Whoa! I'm getting enthusiastic. You don't mind that though, do you? Powerfully. Actually, let me put it in my back pocket. That will give me more room. There we are. Okay. But God is at work in everything. Everything. Adam Ramsey, uh, we quote him quite regularly here in the book. Uh, saves you having to read it, but I would commend it to you to read it. When sovereignty is wed... To the limitless transcendence of God. That's what we were talking about last week, weren't we? When sovereignty is wed to the limitless transcendence of God, it does not merely mean best. It means unbeatable. Unbeatable. He reigns with total supremacy. A. W. Pink, a very famous writer, says this, "It's a reign unrivaled in majesty, unlimited in power, unaffected by anything outside of himself." Remember the words of Psalm 145:13, "Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, your dominion endures through all generations." He is sovereign. He's sovereign over creation. Psalm 146, verse 6, he's the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. Romans 11:36, for from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. He's sovereign over salvation. John 6, 37, all those that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. And verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. And I will raise them up in the last day. He's sovereign over creation. He's sovereign in salvation. He is sovereign over all things. Romans 8:28. One of the most famous verses, we often quote it, but we sometimes leave a bit out. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. This is the bit we sometimes miss out. And have been called according to his purpose. God works in all things for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Now we, we quote that, do we believe it? Do we believe Believe it. And I just want to say this. Those two words, all things, are key. So important, I I want us to grasp today, and I know for me this has been a real growth thing over the years, and I really want us to catch this. We need to understand the extent of God's sovereignty. The extent of God's sovereignty. Because it extends not only over the nice and happy things, but over all things, even the painful things. There's much discussion and debate over the years about the subject of pain and suffering, the who, the how, the where, the why. They're big questions, challenging. They're not easily dismissed. But the one thing I'm certain of is this, is something that Hannah said during the worship. Oh, she's, she's not there, she's somewhere out there she is. She said, if he is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. Adam Ramsey says this, think about it, think about it. If even one thing falls outside of the scope of God's sovereignty, how will we ever be able to rest in the assurance God has got this? God has got this. Yeah, he, he, he's over that, but he's not over that. If He's not Lord of all. He's not Lord at all. It's very quiet today. But the extent of God's sovereignty is that he is over all over all adam ramsey goes on he says this instead christians can live with the confidence that not one moment of suffering in their lives will ever be wasted under god's sovereign foot Every beating experience in this life will be trodden into the fine wine of a Christ-like life. In the end of this age, we will look back and see how in God's hands, even our sufferings were turned into servants of our sanctification. That's a big subject which we're going to come back to uh, later on uh, in the term. God is at work and I'm so thankful I don't understand it at times, I don't understand why my mum suddenly literally dropped dead at the age of 45 for instance but God's got this because if he hasn't got it I can't say heaven help us because he hasn't got it but I can say heaven help us because he has got it he has got it He's sovereign over all. And if I get hold of it, it will bring an experience of genuine assurance. I may not understand what is happening or why. I may have some big questions, but I'm so thankful that I can say by faith, Heavenly Father, there is nothing so big that it intimidates you or so small that it escapes your attention. You've got this. And that enables me to experience real assurance but we need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us revelation of this because when the rubber hits the road as it does we all know that it will be tested some of you know that in very personal painful ways it will be tested so we need to keep asking for the spirit of truth to lead us into these truths that they're not just head knowledge, but they become that fire within us. A fire within us that burns within us and brings that experience of assurance, which will then flow out into the community and society around us. It will be tested. Three and a half months ago, although it's amazing to think it's already three and a half months ago, Sunday the 26th of June, I was supposed to be back here at Apex. And I was supposed to be sharing about my recent visit to Donna and Marungwa and the team in Burundi. As some of you will remember, I was stuck in Burundi with COVID and I was not allowed to fly. And if I'm honest, which we should always be, I was feeling quite frustrated and sorry for myself. But then I picked up this book. It was the second book that I read while I was there. Uh, and uh, I'd, sometime before I'd read the, the first chapter. Um, and so I, I, I went straight to the second chapter, which is this one that we're speaking about today. And I came to the section where he's talking about God being sovereign over all. And I read this line, literally. And you'll see I've written in it. I've put the date in it and everything in the book. I read this line. He is sovereign over the difficulties awaiting you next Tuesday as much as he is in the renewal of the universe. He's sovereign over the difficulties awaiting you next Tuesday as much as he is the renewal of the universe. The thing is, Belgian Airways only fly to Burundi twice a week, don't they, Jill? (laughs) Jill got to know Belgian Airways. Sundays and Wednesdays. I'd already missed Sunday's flight due to still testing positive, and I needed to be on the flight on Wednesday. I really did. It already cost us quite a lot more money. And we didn't want to change it again. But I wanted to be at home. I wanted to be back with Jackie and with, with you. But I needed somehow to get a negative um, COVID result from a very challenging Burundi health system on Tuesday. On Tuesday. How did Adam Ramsey know that? <laughs> he didn't. But God was speaking. I am sovereign over all. There may be some challenges coming up on Tuesday. There were some serious ones. But do you trust me? Receive assurance in your spirit. I remember sitting there on my own. They'd all gone out, and uh, I, I'm on my own, and I, the waves of God just touching me. You believe in my sovereignty. Now don't let your assurance be robbed. Well, there is quite a story, but what resulted was me sitting on a bench outside the testing centre in downtown Bujumbura, being handed my phone by a complete stranger, and on it was a negative COVID test certificate. I hadn't even been inside the building, let alone take another test. I was able to fly home the next day. Jesus is on the throne. God is working his purposes out as year succeeds to year, to quote the old hymn. The challenge is, this is the challenge, very often things don't run to my time plan. What I expected to happen. And So if I'm not careful, and I'm saying I before I say you, we, If I'm not careful, we find ourselves getting frustrated, angry even, bitter possibly. Because this or that has not happened when I thought it should. I had my plans all lined up. I had people in place and now it's all in the air and it's changed. Proverbs 19, 21, many other plans in a person's heart But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. I love the message version. Do you see this? We humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. Please keep praying, for instance, about Noah's Ark. God is not surprised by Zoe getting a job at Cowes Primary. In fact, I believe God gave Zoe that job. No pressure to Zoe. I don't know if she's here, but no pressure to Zoe. It's not wrong to be thinking about that and and many things in our lives, of course. How might it go forward? How might it go forward? Can we sort it? What can we do? Can we get a crowbar? Can we lever it? You know that in your life, don't you? Shall I phone them? Shall I email them? Shall I go round and see them? You know all of these scenarios, don't you? What can I do to make it happen? What I do, first of all, is I say, Lord, you are sovereign. What is it you're saying? What is it you're doing? I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to get frustrated with those who let me. They let me down. I had my plans in place. They let me down. God's got this. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? It? Because it, it changes our perspective. It changes the way we look at things. It doesn't mean we can't plan. It doesn't mean we can't do research, of course. But what's the attitude of our hearts? What's the perspective? What's the view? Who are we looking at? Things may shift dramatically at times. Whether that's personally, locally, nationally. My goodness, we need to pray, don't we, at the moment for our government. Internationally. But if we can get hold of this truth, Jesus is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Permanent, unshakable. No committee can fire him, hallelujah. No power of man or army of hell can overthrow him. He is sovereign over all. and Because of that, we can experience assurance. I was reminded, I'm often reminded of hymns because that's what I was brought up on a little boy. Uh, In the Brethren, that's all we were allowed were hymns and no instruments, but anyway, that's another story. But I often think of different hymns. On Christ the solid ground I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock. I think the big challenge for many of us is that we are often quick to draw our assurance from our ability to control things, our ability to try and fix things. We don't like to acknowledge our weakness, and we certainly don't like to say that we're helpless. So when sickness comes, financial challenges or other changes or challenges that I have no control over, I'm faced with a big wake-up call. Who's really in charge here? And if I'm not careful, my peace and my assurance can quickly be robbed. Adam Ramsey says, what will give us peace when we believe it is not the promise that everything will go our way, but the promise that whatever does come our way God is sovereign over that too. The reality of God's sovereignty is the fear incinerating, boldness making, perseverance producing antidote to everything that would trouble us. Can I read that again? God is sovereign. The reality of God's sovereignty is the fear incinerating. Have you got fears that need incinerating? Look to the sovereignty of God. Boldness making. Are you feeling fearful? Come to his sovereignty. Perseverance producing antidote to everything that would trouble us. Friends, as we come to a close, I want to ask you the same question that I asked last week. How big is your view of God? The theology of the sovereignty of God is not just a piece of dry theory but something that we are called to put in practice every day. The reality is, Adam says, there will be days in your future that will knock you to the ground. There will be situations currently unknown to you that will expose just how not sovereign you are. Disappointment will make its mark. Despair will coil around your heart. Disease will rob your family. Death will strike without warning. Speaking personally for myself, I've experienced nearly all of those things in my own family's life. Where will you look when the skies turn black? Here's where you look. You look higher. In the same way the sun shines with uninterrupted consistency above every clouded sky, so is Christ reigning over every difficult circumstance. If God is ultimate in authority, we needn't be held hostage by our anxieties because our lives are held securely in the hands of a loving Father who is also the King. The King. Can I invite you to stand 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hands. It's the word of the Lord that comes to us right now. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hands, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. Just reflect quietly for a moment. Where in your life right now do you need to believe that God is sovereign even over this? Even over this? Where in your life you need to believe to say by faith quietly in your own heart god you've got this he's sovereign even over this it'll be different things for different ones of us for some it'll be about health others finance family work maybe a multiple of those things Relationships. God is working his purposes out as year succeeds to year. God is working his purposes out and the time is drawing near. Nearer and nearer draws the time. The time that shall surely be when the earth shall be filled with the glory of God. As the waters cover the sea. Lord, we come to this almighty, never changing, eternally existing, sovereignly reigning, glorious, almighty God. Who revealed himself in the person of his precious son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who said, I have come that you may have life. Life in abundance. Full life. We recognize there is an enemy who wants to rob and steal and destroy. We recognize there's an enemy who wants to break down our own inner emotions. He wants to break down our friendships and our relationships one with another. He wants to break down society. We recognize him. We recognise him for what he is. But we say God is sovereign. He is reigning. He is ruling. Lords, we've got questions. We've got doubts and fears. But we say today, Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. We believe. You've got this. And we thank you. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Now the great hymn. Blessed assurance. You've got this. Lord, we lean on you. On Christ the rock we stand today. We stand on this theological truth. You are reigning. You are reigning. You are reigning. And we stand on it. Lord, we bring our questions. We bring the challenges before you. Pray for those today. I don't know how you're going to do it, Lord. I don't know how this gets fixed. I don't know how this gets sorted. But I believe you will. I believe in you. Father, I pray let faith rise in these days. Let assurance rise in these days. Thank you, Lord, for stories right across this room that people could recount, just like Jackie and I. Stories of, we couldn't see how this was going to happen, but God did this, and he did this, and he did this, and he did this. Lord, help us to go back in our hearts and minds, even this afternoon, and recount to one another, do you remember when? Do you remember when we didn't have the money for? We didn't know how we were going to move to this situation, that situation. We didn't know. And yet God, and yet God. Father, help us to be those who, who say regularly, and yet God, by his grace, by his mercy, by his abundant life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Sovereign God. Just pray for assurance to come. Pray for anybody here today who doesn't even know whether they're sure that they know you. They've received you as their Lord and Saviour. I pray today that they might turn to you and say, I've sinned, I've fallen short, I've lived against you, but I come to you today. I want to know this assurance. I want to know sin forgiven. I want to know a hope that takes me right into eternity. I pray, Lord, for anyone here today, that they might pray that prayer, acknowledgement of where they are, but receive you as their sovereign king and saviour and know that assurance. Father, Lord, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.